Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. And this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And we're going to be talking about a case study that if you missed AdWorld, which I don't know why you would miss AdWorld if you're a listener of this show, but if you did miss it, we're going to give you the goods on one of those case studies that I talked about on that awesome get together just a few weeks back. And we're going to give you the opportunity to uh, download it yourself so you can actually see what the hell we're talking about here today. I'm alongside my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. How's life treating you, buddy? Ralph, I'm living the dream as always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're dreaming even more these days. Good dreams because we've got some good reviews. Care to make somebody perpetual traffic famous for at least uh, 13 seconds? Yeah. So drum roll on the famedom. This is Mike K of MKG Marketing. Appreciate you, Mike. Mike says, podcast for marketers, five stars. This show talks about both in the weeds tactic and actions along with covering bigger picture marketing topics. I listen as often as my schedule allows. Bam! Appreciate you, Mike. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, that's 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 good to hear. And we listened to the, the feedback, good and bad. And I think one of the things that we heard a while back, and I think we've changed a bit because we love the listeners here, is that they want more tactical stuff, more case studies. How can I apply everything to what I'm doing day in and day out? And that's what we're going to be talking about here today. And go back and uh, listen to previous episodes, obviously. But more importantly, if you feel the urge, go and find your favorite podcast platform and leave us an honest review. And we will read it out on the air here today, just like we just did. So I turn this one over to you, Kasim, because today you're playing interview host. And I'm just, I'm on the receiving side of the interview, I suppose. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I'm the guy who you're going to be interviewing. <laughs> My guest today requires no introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about this. The tables have turned. What would you say? The student becomes the teacher. So, Ralph, first of all, thanks for joining us here at Perpetual Traffic. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here, Kasim. Yeah. And your your presentation at AdWorld was really well received. I saw the comments, the tweets, the posts. You got quite a bit in the way of uh, shout outs and props. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I think we got a lot of people engaged and did a Q&A afterwards. It was a lot of fun. So the funny thing is, is when you do a presentation, it's like it's a snapshot in time. And when I actually created that presentation, I think it was January or February. <laughs> and a lot has changed since then. Yeah, the whole world has changed since the then. The world has changed since then. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting your uh, input on today's uh, case study because it worked really, really well. It's continuing to work well. And we might actually do it a little bit differently based upon the changing landscape. So uh, excited to get started on it. That's awesome. So you had a collection of case studies as a part of your presentation. And we're going to hear the very first one 
how there was a 608% revenue increase, 401% ROAS increase in less than six months for an e-commerce store, all after this. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. This is why I don't do this, Ralph. Do you see? Like every time I've tried, it's been horrible. I'm just like, why is it Ralph talking? It's just that, you know. It's like, uh, I don't know, lifting weights. It's like you get stronger every single time. So, yeah. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. And we are back. My guest today, Ralph Burns, is the host of Tier 11 and today is the guest of Tier 11. Ralph, I can't wait to hear about this case study, the 608% revenue increase, 401% ROAS increase. That's huge. And it happened in less than six months. Yeah, and it happened in the heart of the iOS 14 update. This is from late last year into early part of this year. And I mean, I think this is a smaller case study, believe it or not. But one of the ones that we talked about a few months back was actually pretty large. But these guys just um, didn't couldn't really figure out exactly how to market themselves on social. And... So they came to us and thankfully we we were able to help them out. They have a really interesting product. And by the way, if you want to get uh, a copy of this presentation, everything, so you can even go along or like as we're going through it, you can actually look at it. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash mastery. That's tier11.com forward slash mastery and just download that sucker and you can go right along here because it is kind of visual. There's a lot of visual parts to this and how we actually put all this together for this customer is um, there's a lot to it. So I think it's very instructive and very helpful. And we're probably going to be doing a series of these these episodes here for case studies as well as a couple of hopefully from you custom on top of that. So yeah, so these guys, they sell sort of a combination of info products and physical products in a space which not many people would actually think that you could make 
much of a business on, but they teach kids music. They mm. teach kids music space, which is the a niche of a niche of a niche. And as we've said here many, many times, the riches in the, in the niches. And these guys really uh, figured out that as a former music teacher, that they should be able to widen their audience and actually increase and enhance their influence on the world. So they decided to take this business online. It became very, very successful on its own. They just couldn't really crack the code on cold traffic, acquire new customers at a cost that actually worked for them, get customers back. So they hired us. They were making about $28,900, about $29,000 a month in revenue online. That doesn't include offline sales, but about 29K in revenue. And the problem was, is that they were spending, for every dollar they were spending, they were only getting about 66 cents back. Now that's inside of a 28 day window. They didn't have a tremendous amount of cash on hand. We've talked about attribution windows and lifetime value of customers. They did eventually make profit once they got past that initial period, but they were really interested in making sure that they had a positive return on ad spend within the first 30 days, especially. So they were struggling a bit, didn't really have a lot in the way of campaign structure that was set up in the right way. And they had a lot of other issues, uh, one of which was the iOS 14 issue, which was really sort of blinding them to a lot of data. So after working with us, their monthly revenue online went up to 176000 And that is from 29000 So yeah, if you do the math here, that's about a 608% revenue increase. And more importantly, for every dollar that they put in, they were making about $2.65 back. Now that's depending on sort of which attribution window you look at, but typically we do a 28 day look back. We also measure ads based upon seven day ad spend. So 2.65. So they were spending a fair amount and scaled up, but most importantly, now they had room to breathe. Mm. They had profit. They could reinvest back in the business. The business owner could start taking on a salary, could add people. Like this is the kind of stuff that all of a sudden it just sort of transforms a business. So 608% revenue increase and a 401% ROAS increase. And we did it all inside of six months, exactly like what you said. So we started with them back in May of 2021. Now, if you recall back in May of 2021, it was a real shit show on Facebook iOS 14 was just starting to hit. There was all kinds of just mayhem going on. and But we had a really good plan, which we'll get into here in sort of a three or four step formula that really mitigated the effect of iOS, which a lot of people ask me, like, what's the easiest way to get around iOS or, or how do you deal with not having as perfect tracking as you did maybe a few years back on Facebook? Well, it's not an easy answer. It's yes, third party data first-party data collection, triangulating data from the source of truth, which in this case was Shopify, what we see inside Facebook ads. Now we look at Google, of course, then we have our own third-party tool. So it's not a one-size-fits-all answer. But the big thing is that we always come back to, and you'll see this in the case studies, Kasim, is creative. Hmm. Creative actually makes the audience. And I know Right now, for us, today, this case study would be a little bit different if we threw in Performance Max because we both realized that case studies in the future are going to include a lot of Facebook for us and a lot of Performance Max, probably a lot of Performance Max from you. And creative seems to be really the linchpin at that point in time. Can I ask you a question about, you just said the words, creative makes the audience. 
Hmm. And so I, I can interpret that one of two ways. The first way is if the creative is good, then the audience is going to be inspired to action. So I take the audience, they're pre-existing, and the creative is going to make them, let's say, valuable to me. The second way to interpret that is the creative actually generates the audience. It's, it intrinsically qualifies someone who's not potentially a prospect or customer based off of the fact that they resonate with that creative. And, and maybe it's a little bit of both, but I'm curious as to what you meant specifically. Yeah. I mean, if we really look at the Facebook platform, because the targeting, uh, the interest base, the lookalike audiences, a lot of the seed audiences aren't quite as good as they used to be. We feel that whether or not the targeting is great, like it is on Performance Max, especially affinity audiences and all the other things that we're really sort of investigating and, and having good success with now, if you're just throwing out to big audiences that maybe have one interest, a generalized interest, the creative itself will find, and this is why testing different types of messaging, we'll get into how we did this, the Creative and the messaging calls out a portion or a chunk of that audience. And Facebook circles the wagons on that very small or sometimes very large portion of that audience. So whereas before, you know, you might be able to overlay household income with interest-based targeting and look-alike audiences based upon last seven days of data. Now all that isn't quite as great as it used to be. So it kind mm. of brings it back to the importance of old school advertising, which is messaging, which is we had Kobe on here talking about transformational video ad stories like story, showing the journey of the customer, the before state and the after state. And I'm not talking just about like before pictures and after pictures. If you're selling some kind of supplement or a weight loss remedy, talking about like the entire journey, like putting people in the ad itself and saying, yeah, that's me. That's how I'm feeling right now. That's that not just my demographics of like where I live and what car I drive, that's how I'm thinking. And that comes back into doing lots of deep dive research, which we'll get into in this case study. But also on top of that is putting together creative variation of that creative ad copy image video that really resonates with the audience and testing it and seeing really what works. And you're, you're surprised sometimes, you know, the stuff that actually isn't all that highly produced. Mm is the stuff that works the best. Well, I think so, that's becoming more true. The trend line seems to be heading in the right way of organic, user-generated, et cetera. Dude, I, I love that line that you just dropped. I think should be on a t-shirt that we sell to all marketers and it's worth a thousand hours of meditation. The creative creates the audience because that's not something we've had to do in the past because our targeting was so good. Hmm. And I've got a buddy, he owns a, a company that teaches people how to do bookkeeping. And his ads could say, make money from home. But what that does is heavily dilute whoever would, it would be that show up. Because not everybody who wants to make money from home would be a good bookkeeper, would even want to do that. And so you would have to ask yourself, anytime you create an ad, is this going to intrinsically qualify my audience? Which means attract, of course, but it also maybe means, and, and possibly means more, to repel. Yeah like push away. So I'm going to bring the people that are right for me, but I'm going to push away the people that are wrong for me. And I love that 
concept that creative creates the audience because it's going to give you a better at bat and then also make a marketing mechanism like Facebook, of course, but more to the point like Performance Max work better for you earlier because you get all the false positives out of the way. So I just, I think it's a brilliant point that you made and I hope our listeners are, you know, taking notes on that one because that's, that's a writer downer. And it's, it's, it takes time to do, and we'll show you, you know, in this, and I highly encourage you to get this over at tier11.com forward slash mastery. So you see sort of how we do it, the system that we use to do it, because it is so important. And if you actually, here's the, the most exciting thing, is if you match incredible audience and interest-based targeting with incredible front-end creative and messaging. It's over game over. Yeah. Like you own the internet, <laughs> Yeah, you know, as a marketer. So I think when we look at the challenges with iOS and, and step one here is fix the tracking. These guys, their tracking was really messy. Like take away all those challenges. And it's been a challenging year to figure all this stuff out. It made us better marketers as a result of it. Because it made us double down on the thing that we knew we had to be doing even more. And thankfully, we had built out a team surrounding that. Like I used to be all media buyers, like 70 or 80% media buyers. Now it's like 50% creative, 50% media buyers. But the point is, is like that's the shift in the market. And I think you as a marketer have to think differently as opposed to, I'll just throw some junk out there because the targeting is so good. It'll figure it all out was kind of seeing some success there right now with performance max mm-hmm. right because the targeting's so damn good but how long will it last I don't know I just know that if you mix the two together it's online marketing nirvana so step one here was we did have to fix the tracking and the system that we use to kind of oversee all of our advertising because we spend a fair amount like you know upwards of a hundred million dollars a year just on social. Now it's with Google. I don't even know what it is, but I'll have to look at those results. But the point is, is it's like this super system that we use called customer acquisition amplification. Customers hire us to acquire more customers for them. We call all our clients customers. But anyway, all you need, all they want, they want more customers. They don't want people who already know who they are and they're just going to buy from them again. And we're just like nudging them over the edge. So it's all about sort of top of funnel what we call level one traffic and going all the way through the entire process. Meaning there's in essence, five levels of traffic that we used to call the ad amplifier system. We now call it the traffic harmonizer system because now we blend that with Google and Snapchat and TikTok and LinkedIn and a bunch of other platforms. Point is, is like you have to meet people where they're at in the journey or in the customer acquisition path. And part of that is campaign alignment, campaign management, which I believe is step two here. But more importantly, before you get into any of that, you got to make sure the tracking is set up. And the problem with this customer was that they had multiple pixels firing. Mm. They had a couple of different ad accounts. They had a few ad account issues. They had data sources that were just firing events all over the place. Nobody could go into the account and actually figure out what the hell was going on. And this is actually on slide 42. Some of the problems that we found, it was it was a total mess. So we had to clean that up. We had to figure out, all right, which pixel you know, is the one that is the most seasoned towards their ultimate avatar, towards their ultimate buyer. Our team figured this out with our dev department, cleaned a lot of that stuff up. And that was kind of the big thing. 
Second thing is, and that's a relatively easy thing to do. If you don't have a dev department, just get somebody from Fiverr to do it for you. But the point is, is you got to clean that stuff up before you do anything. Otherwise, you're giving the platform the wrong signals and you don't want to do that. And that just ends up wasting money. The next thing we did is we installed Conversions API. So Conversions API, if you don't know what that is, it's a Facebook business tool that lets you share key web and offline events or customer actions directly from your server to Facebook's. And we do this through server-side tagging. I'm not going to make this a server-side tagging presentation by any stretch. But in essence, before we installed Conversions API, the Facebook pixel was getting blocked by the browser, which is that pixel event, whatever it happens to be, through iOS was getting blocked. And as a result of that, we weren't seeing some of the data coming in, some of the purchase data, some of the lead data, registration data. And so we had to look at our overall pixel events through aggregated event management and prioritize our highest priority event. And our highest priority event was purchase. So that was sort of the first thing. So we cleaned things up on the back end, and there's some visuals in the presentation that show how we did that. But then secondarily, we then set up server-side tagging through Conversions API. And what this did is it sort of ends around the website website browser that's being blocked through the ATT prompt and gave us more signal. It wasn't perfect, and it isn't. And we've had the Facebook guys on here even saying, you're still not going to get 100% of the events. But what it was doing is when we collected data through Facebook, as well as compared it to the source of truth, which is their Shopify platform, we're able to get a better picture of which campaigns are doing best, which aren't, which ones are working, which are not. And even though the data isn't 100% perfect, we didn't use a third-party data tool with these guys. We were just using Conversions API and we were just using Facebook. And we still were able to scale up because we got a very good sense over time as to how to read the data on both sides of the equation. And so Conversions API was a huge part. Cleaning up their pixel events was a, probably an even bigger part. And you know, a lot of other users ended up being Android users. It was probably about a 50-50 split here. But without that kind of data, you really don't know what the hell's going on. And what we did find is because we were collecting data through the browser, we were also collecting data through Conversions API, we weren't duplicating events. And that's a key learning here is because when you do install Cappy, we found that duplicated events are actually X'd out inside of Facebook itself. So we weren't over-reporting, but we were still getting under-reporting versus maybe if we had ran ads for them a year prior. The point was it was enough for us to be able to make really good decisions. Hey, it's Gossam here and I have another question for you. What would your business look like if you had 55% more traffic, 67% more leads, and 30% more revenue on top of what you're already producing? Would that make a big difference in your bottom line or even your bank account? Well, those are the statistics for businesses that blog consistently. And I think the reason is simple. It's because Google wants to recommend websites with helpful content. Here's the problem. If you're like me, you don't have the time to sit down and write blogs. And even if I did manage to get enough words on the page, none of it's going to be any good. So if you're in that same position, I want to recommend our buddies at BKA Content who will write all of your blogs for you. They'll do all the research and all the writing. So all you have to do is copy and paste. 
you want to try them out, they're giving PT listeners 50% off. That's 50% off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. And scale up campaigns when it made the most sense. And finally, we had event matching quality scores that were much higher before and after with Conversions API, which allowed us to get really, really good visibility and uh, allowed us to be able to make steps two and three all that much more relevant. Now I'm looking at slide 49 and you've got uh, event match quality 8.7 out of 10. I mean, that's about as good as you're going to get. That's really impressive. Yeah, it definitely increased. Now, this is even from Facebook. Yeah, event match quality is important. But even if you double it and get it to eight or nine out of 10, it may or may not, this is crazy that they actually say this, it may or may not improve performance inside the ad account. We've seen it one way or the other. We've seen it sort of 50-50 there. But what we do know is we're getting more true data. And now Facebook is modeling some of this data. But we've seen EMQ scores rising as an indication that we're get what we're seeing inside the Facebook ads manager is much more true data than if it's a lower score. So, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a game changer here. I wouldn't say it like it increases your visibility a hundred percent. It increases maybe 20, 30, 40% in some cases. But the point is, is like if you're running ads, you really should install this or should have your dev team install this and and how to do that. We'll leave links in the show notes as to how to do it. Yeah. Well, so I think it's, it's a strong prediction that you're on the right track and predictive indications are really important now that we don't have the visibility we used to have. Correct. Yeah. hundred percent. First of all, that's, <laughs> there's a lot there, but I think it's, I think it's really worthy of digging into because what you just did is set the foundation and so many people want to ignore the tracking. I'm excited to hear about step two, which is deploying the traffic harmonizer. And we're going to dive right into that after this break. And we paid some bills. Appreciate you all putting up with us. I'm here with Ralph Burns, who you may or may not know, is the founder and CEO of Tier 11. And Ralph is going through one of his breakout case studies that he presented at AdWorld. That was exclusive content that we're bringing you here at uh, Perpetual Traffic because we love you. Ralph, you already went through setting the foundation, step one, fixing tracking, installing Cappy, the, the impacts that it had on the campaign. What's step two? What did you do next? So step two was we deployed the traffic harmonizer system. Now, uh, if you've listened to old episodes like episode 145, we'll leave links in the show notes. We used to call this the e-com ad amplifier, but it's basically, it's how we divvy up traffic or divide up traffic based upon levels of engagement. So there's basically five levels of engagement. There's level one, which is cold traffic. Those are your lookalike audiences, your interest-based audiences. We typically will put in exclusions there. Anyone who's visited your website or has purchased or got a lead from you in the past, those are people who don't know who you are. Those are you know, they're either unaware of who you are, maybe they're problem aware, you know, in the Eugene Schwartz sort of continuum, but it's cold traffic. So it's very, very top of funnel. So we use certain types of assets for that group. And level one traffic is typically about 80% of an account's ad spend. So if we're spending a hundred grand a month in a Facebook ad account, probably 80,000 of that, maybe 90,000 is on this level one traffic. And it's the hardest one to get right 
because mm. you have to do that research part, which is actually part of step three here, which we'll get to in just a second. Can I just poke at you there for a little bit? Because when you just said that, this is the thing that makes you better than me, Ralph. Because I'm a Google guy and Google guys go straight at the bottom of the funnel, which means somebody says, I want to buy the thing right now. And then I just bid on that traffic to spend 80 to 90% of your ad spend on traffic that standalone isn't monetizable. Dude, that puts a knot in my stomach. Like you have to really trust that you can and you have to be really good at taking that traffic. And once it's, you know, the level one traffic has been identified, like drawing it down and making sure that you can turn level one into two and two into three and three into four. And and I feel like knowing from the outset, there's got to be some kind of like, what would you say, guardrails you can put, you know, if I'm bowling for my life, I want the bumpers up. So just out of curiosity, what are the bumpers on on the cold traffic, the level one traffic that sort of help assuage those fears, if any? Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. Hmm. And I would say probably at, at level one, probably 80, 70 to 80% of our ads fail. They just don't work for whatever reason. Because I mean, what you're really trying to do, and you know, this is like we're on step two here, but step three could very easily be step two because it's just as important. But what we've found is that the easiest traffic to convert is the people who have added to cart. That's level four traffic. Like they added to cart, all you need to do is just get them back. Mm. It's kind of simple. Like, hey, we're still here. Hey, you left this in your cart or use a dynamic product ad, which automatically figures out, all right, you left that thing in the cart. Now I'm going to show you the same thing you left in the cart, maybe a couple of other things that maybe you're more interested in, or maybe a bundle or maybe a lower priced offer. So that stuff is really simple. Level five traffic, I'm kind of doing this sort of, sort of in reverse. Those are your purchasers. Those are your previous buyers. Like how hard is it to get somebody to buy again if they've already bought from you? unless you really suck. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to like that stuff is easy. So level five, level four is, is fairly simple. It, we set those up usually first because they're the easiest. Oh, five, you build four, from the bottom up depends on who the media buyer is. But my preference is, and if any of my media buyers are listening is like the easiest way to get early wins is do your level five, level four, level three, two, one, spend all your time on level one, but you've got all the other ones that are already there. Now, make sure we get our nomenclature here, right? Level five is purchasers. Somebody has already bought. Okay. It's a retargeting list, right? Mm. Retargeting to your, your previous buyers. Great. Simple. Get them back, show them something else, another thing that they can buy. If you got something that needs a refill in 30 days, show them another ad at 31 days. So kind of easy there. Level four, I added to cart. I didn't buy. Well, so 80% of people don't buy right. at add to cart. Maybe 90%, depending on what, what study you look at. So very, very small spends there, but very high return. Level three traffic, and this is perfect for this audience here because this or for this case study is like on Shopify, a level three audience is somebody who's actually viewed a piece of content, a viewed a product. In this case, say they were looking at one of the bells that these guys sell. They sell sort of this starter kit of, I think it's nine bells for these kids. And that's on page 30 in the case study. So we would show them, hey, you know, let's show you maybe uh, a testimonial or a piece of UGC content or something that's 
a little bit more sales pitchy. Like, hey, do you realize that you can get these bells for free with the purchase of X, the learning manual? You know, something, and we're kind of doing this in reverse. Like, it's easier as you go up. So I've never actually explained it five to one before. I usually you know, go I one say, to that's five. That's a masterclass in funnel marketing. What just happened here needs to be taken out as a snippet and used as an ad for perpetual traffic because like, holy shit, that's brilliant. That's a What a brilliant way to approach this entire process. And you just like rattle that right off. You're like, oh, all we do is, is the thing. And all we do is the genius thing. But nobody else knows the genius thing but you because like you said, that's like error, 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 error. Oh, this is the process. Yeah, well, usually when we, we take over an ad account, all of these levels of traffic are all smashed together in one. Yeah. Dude, and- I got to interview you more often because you, should, you shouldn't be interviewing people. You should be interviewed. Like, what a <laughs> what an awesome little nugget that was. Well, we, we've been doing it this way for five years. So that's one of the keys. And I, I think it's instructive to probably go back and go through this. And that's why we're doing these case studies. You know, going into like levels, we're going look, five, four, three. Three is a product, right? Two is level two. So level two is probably your second largest ad spend. But those are people who have watched a video. We use a lot of video assets on this customer. Maybe click through to a landing page or a collection page or a homepage, but didn't go any further. Mm. So they are sort of kind of product aware of who you are. They're probably solution aware at that point. Eugene Schwartz's five levels don't exactly perfectly match our five levels, which is fine. He's a genius and we're advertisers here just trying to get through this century. The point is, is like level two is it's a very different message than your Mm -hmm. level one traffic because they already know kind of who you are. So you have to show them maybe another level one ad or maybe some kind of, um, User-generated content testimonials at level two work really, really well. And we'll see an example or two of these ads. So that's all the sort of the bottom levels of traffic. Level one is the one where we're going to get into pretty heavily in the next section, because like I said, that's where the majority of our spend is. And we think that's really where the key is for performance max right now with Google and working them together, I think is like the magical combination. So what we did is in essence, we took uh, this sort of interruption based traffic channel, which is Facebook. And at first it was like this big car crash, like all the cars were kind of crashing into each other. Level one was mixed with level five, with level four, with level three, with level two. And it didn't make any sense. They were using the same assets for all those levels. And we created you know, this super highway of five levels of traffic where the messaging was perfect for each individual where they were in the customer acquisition path, whether Mm. they didn't know who you are, that's level one, all the way through to purchasers who are going to buy from you over and over again. How it manifests itself inside the ad account, you'll see this on uh, slide 56, is before we took over the account, there was just posts and it just, there Boost was the no, posts. <laughs> what are you like, doing? I'm doing Facebook ads. <laughs> yeah. Like boosting posts. Like there was no rhyme or reason to it. it. They didn't really have a structure in the account, but then what we did is we came in and we put together all these individual levels. Sometimes we'll combine levels together. Like in this one, you can actually see where levels two and three are combined together, but level one we're going up, we're prospecting. We're trying to find 
new buyers, new customers. And that's where step three, which is installing this thing called the Creative Lab, really powers the success of this entire account. It's like you have to set up. The reason why step two is deploy the traffic harmonizer is because you want to have the structure in place. And then once you structure it with their current assets, then you add in your own assets after you do your own research, you put it through the sort of this factory of messaging, design, hook, ad copy, everything together, which we refer to as the creative lab. So yeah, well, it's funny because your five levels, the way that you treat them, you basically built Performance Max manually. So you Correct. built Performance Max before. This is awesome, Ralph. If you're listening, you can get the slides that Ralph talked about that we referenced at tier11.com forward slash mastery. We'll have a link to that in the show note. Ralph, where can people find you? They can find me over at tier11.com, but they probably already know that. Might right you now. also Just... be the host of a podcast? Y- yeah. Aren't we on that right now? <laughs> I think this is getting annoying. Now I'll stop. If you're listening, I'm truly grateful to you and for you. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating wherever it is that you're listening. Let us know what we can do better. We want to be the number one marketing podcast on the planet and we need your help to do that. You can go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Tell us one thing we do well and three improvement opportunities. Uh, And you can also tell us about topics that you want to hear about in the future. Follow Ralph on Twitter at RalphHB. And then you can follow me, Qasim, at Qasimoslam. Go back, listen to previous episodes. All the resources and show notes are going to be at perpetualtraffic.com. And uh, on behalf of my awesome co-host, Ralph Burns, peace. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 